You're listening to Pod of the Pops, the podcast for reliving and reloving your pop culture moments. Season two, The Sugar Babes. Guess what, solo girls? It's all about you now. Get it? This is a single. So welcome back to part two of the Amel Berabar podcast, where we deep dive into the solo career of the f- fifth sugar babe. I had to really count them then. Yes, genuinely. Because I was like, how many have we done? How many are we at? Uh, she is the fifth, but we're doing her fourth. That's right. Because yeah, Keisha right. hasn't left yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't spoil the surprise. <laughs> Look, if you haven't seen The End of the Sugar Babes by now, what have you been doing? <laughs> yeah. You're in the wrong podcast. Let yourself right. out. So, would you like me to give you a bit of Berabar background, babe? Yes, please. Wow, a tongue twister. <laughs> and I nailed it in one take for you once. for once. <laughs> so, some pre-babe facts. She is a scholarship student. Ooh. She actually went to the Academy of Contemporary Music in Guildford. Did Academy she? money. Which is... <laughs> Famous for Ed Sheeran. That's right. She is of Moroccan lineage. So both parents are Moroccan, I believe. Sugar Babes was not her first band. Really? She, I did not know this till Wikipedia. The chart topping. <laughs> she formed a group with her sister called Boo Too. Boo Too. Boo Too. And literally in the break, I suddenly thought, I haven't actually Googled to see whether you can find their music video online. And I have literally just typed it in and I've just found a song which apparently is Boo Too. Would you like to listen, babe? Love it. So I pulled it up. Babe, because there's just one of us on Boo Too, babe. <laughs> just because I like the B. I, I don't know what to say, but like, I don't hate it. I was not expecting that. I know. Like, I was not expecting. So it's... the track is called Head Bash. We will put it on our socials. It's quite, it's quite, um... It's quite it, rocky. It's Kelly Osbourne. I would say Kelly Osbourne. Yeah, say it's trying to be rocky. Yeah, I see what they're going with that. It's, it's a little bit. Um, yeah. Dare I say tattoo? You know the um, <laughs> what, phone lesbian back. All the things you said. All the things you said. Why do you say meaning the effort that it's going? It's a little bit of cross between that and Avril Lavigne. I'd say. Yeah. 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 I'm saying Kelly Osbourne. Yeah. yeah She's vibe. almost rapping. Ashley Simpson.It, yeah, I hear but a bit of... heavier than Ashley yeah, Simpson. Yeah, she's definitely gone heavier than that, yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that's totally my jam, so that's why I'm into it. <laughs> Mate, you're going to be going home downloading Boo too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am surprised at her vocal on that as well, because she's more of a singer later, but this is more talky-talky rap rap. is quite into rap, though, is it? Well, um, yeah. Hello, million miles long. Yes, I think, I think we found it taught me to rap. Yeah, and there there are rap segments in plenty of Sugar Babe songs. They talk some of the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you the talk best is rap. Not rap. I've been dropping so <laughs> yeah. many hints, and you just ain't getting it. <laughs> rap talk. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that threw me. So the big thing that she does before Sugar Babes is she wins Top of the Pops magazine Star Search in two thousand and three. Is there footage? I searched and I searched and I dug and I dug and I looked and I looked. I couldn't, just because Top of the Pops is yeah. such an, it was hard to find anything. Yeah. And Star Search was too generic. It was bringing up all the American Star Search stuff. Right. Yeah. That Britney was on. Uh-huh. I could not. I don't know if I remember this. Oh no, I definitely didn't. You know me, I was Steps to the Stars with yeah. Jenny Lynn Smith. You don't winning. know this, the Star Search. I did not know no, it in 2003. No. I feel like that's something... 
but maybe it wasn't a televised thing if it mm. was 2003 did we still have Top of the Pops I think we did we did yeah. just about I, but it's magazine so but maybe you know I'm not trying to throw too much shade to the BBC but with some BBC things like Fame Academy it's just a mere distant distant memory well the prize was she got to the chance to front her own group right which clearly didn't happen unless that's yeah. what boo 2 is i know that's what i'm kind think. of thinking i didn't draw that link it didn't say that no. but it sounds a bit like that do you remember when there was search for the next pussycat doll which i think could even be a similar time no it would have been later for pussycat yeah, dolls way later but that they were searching for a new pussycat doll and then one that they searched for never went into the pussycat dolls <laughs> so it's one of those things where it seems like a great idea at the time and then as it proceeds i'm like oh no it's not really what we want. Yeah. How do they get away with that, though? If they're saying, right, you come on this show and you get to be a pussycat doll. You know what I mean? How do I think the girl that won didn't want to be a pussycat doll. Oh, shit. She got offered she was a solo ju- bit. She was just doing it for the... for the. I think she did. And then yeah. she met the dolls and she was like, no, thank you. <laughs> it wasn't like she was going to get to sing, was it? Yeah. It was a singing competition and she got to dance. So. <laughs> right, yeah. I think she maybe did one or two performances. I don't know. So that's pre-babe's bearer bar. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-bearer babe. Bearer babe. Better babe. She's had a little bit of trauma in her life at this point. Just oh. Pre-sugar. Uh, 2002, her dad sadly passed away of cancer. So she would have been relatively young then. Yeah. I, I don't know that. That's sad. Uh, but yeah, that's... Well, my next point seems frivolous now. Because <laughs> I wanted to talk about between albums. Mm-hmm. So before she's solo solo, 2009... She is featured on the Tinchy Strider single, Never Leave You, making her the only sugar babe to have a solo number one. What a great achievement. Ish. Ish. Not quite her song, is it? But she's credited. It's it's okay. It doesn't show her full vocal range, I don't think. This song was everywhere. Yeah, do you know what? You're right. It was big at the time. Yeah. I don't remember it. Really? No, well, I d- now listening to it, sorry, that's wrong. I do remember it. What I mean to say is, <laughs> I don't remember it being that generic. Or that <laughs> I much thought it was number better. one. You know, yeah. So, also, Tenchi Strider, a couple of years later, did the Pixie Lot song, Bright yeah. Lights. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... In my head, I kind of feel the one same. The same, not the yeah. same, but yeah. it's that same feel to it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's got a form. You don't need to fix if you stay broke. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to these days. Oh, he's yeah. still striding. He's still tension. I don't think the production favors her. I mean, it, why wouldn't it need to? It's a Tinchy Strider song. But I feel like the the production drowns her vocal. It does. Like there's one point where she goes to do her big. High like note. high note yeah. and then they bring her chorus in over the top like doubly loud yeah, yeah. and drowns it and it sounds like it's a good she's got the pipes yeah I'm I like... just I wonder you know watching her live performances with oh, her yeah, we she? just watched a live one I don't think she was singing live though no <sighs> is that just standard I mean surely you don't stand in front of all those people and not sing live well oh. am I naive because he was because he was were, he yeah, was rapping he was rapping live was so it? I yeah. think she was singing, but she just turned they off. Drowned, they drowned her out. They just yeah. let you hear the backing track. Did a dirty on the mic. Which is really rubbish, because essentially then she's just an attractive woman hanging around the back of Tinchy to make him look better. Not to make him look bigger, that's what Oh my God, she looked absolutely banging though. She looks this amazing, time. yeah. So she looks stunning in this. She's, yeah. she's She went through this phase of wearing just these tiny, like, skin tight dresses yeah like this yeah. one had loads yeah. of like slashes and gaps in oh, yeah. which you really okay, thought at yeah. that 
tension of dress. She'd have gut spilling all over the place. Yeah. I would. Yeah. But somehow. Not that we're equating, equating super skinniness with, you know. But she looks toned. Her she looks, looks toned. toned. Yeah. I, yeah. Some some shots are like some of the promotional shots. I think she looks too skinny, but I think that's Photoshop. Yeah, like um, they've been over over eager with the Photoshop. Yeah, and, and maybe and the lighting in the video is generous. And but. in that video, very Rihanna esque. Yeah, you know, because she's got the Rihanna hair at that time. Short yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, the silhouette even. You know, I mean, Tinchy Strider is wearing big, heavy sunglasses. Maybe he thought he was duetting with Rihanna. <laughs> possibility. It's a possibility. <laughs> Unfortunately, also at this time, so after Keisha's exit she is admitted to a European health clinic, citing severe nervous exhaustion. And she is gone from the Sugar Bates promotional trail for a little while. Right. I mean, we'll cover that more in the Sweet Seven episode, because uh, it makes more sense then, but I think it's critical that we know about it now, because yeah. it sort of explains yeah. things going forward. Because before we really go into her solo career, we need to address some pretty dark moments with Amel. Yeah. Because while she is a sugar babe, yes. like during this time, we get a string of criminal matters. I want to do them all now. Yes. And like do them as a string rather okay. than do it year by year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just move on to better Amel moments. Okay. Amel moments. Amel moments. <laughs> Magic Amel moments. Guys, that's not going to stick. <laughs> I'm going to make Amel moments happen. So this is happening during the times of the babes and a lot is tied to a perhaps toxic relationship with tree surgeon boyfriend, Freddie Fuller. Okay. No relation of Simon. Right. So in 2006, she is arrested for assault charges in a nightclub. Oof. Then a few weeks, and this is really weird. Then a few weeks later, her sister, Samia, accuses her boyfriend of sexual assault. Wait, of a male's boyfriend? Yeah. Oh. I don't want to say rape, but it seemed to be implied in the stories that I read. Oh, but yeah. I don't want to say it because it's, it is described yeah. as an assault, but the way they're talking about it is, right. is See, like It's it a is. serious assault. Yeah. And it's a group of them. So she claims oh. him and three friends attacked her on her night out. Amel is in immediate solidarity with her. Yes. So she dumps him and it rumbles through the press a bit. Right. Yeah. Then... How it clears up is really weird. So he takes two lie detector tests, of which he both both of them comes back. He's not involved. The thing is, lie. I mean, the, I, I suppose know. this is a whole other thing. But lie detector tests don't even really work. Oh, but. they're like seventy percent accurate, which means thirty percent of the time they don't work. And yeah. also, they are not they're not used in the UK, and there is clear evidence as to how to cheat a lie detector test. Yes, but either way, they come back negative in the sense that he's not involved okay. and what he's saying is the truth. Right. Then the sister's account seems to change a bit. So some of the facts and some of the times that she says are a bit different. At times she said they posted a video on YouTube. Other times she said different. And then in the end, this is me piecing it together retrospectively from newspaper articles. So all allegedly. All allegedly, because it's just the reportings that I found. And then in the end, I read that she said, actually, it must have been a bad dream. Oh. It's very murky and it's, he's fully cleared a few months later. It turns out he happened to be on the phone to Amel at the alleged time, which seems convenient. Hmm. He then was going to sue the sister for... Um, defamation. Defamation, thank you. But then that was dropped. Right. 
something doesn't check out in the no. whole story. I don't know. And you wonder what who. the sister's relationship is like now. Well, I'm not sure how many siblings she has, but you know, obviously she was in a band with one of her sisters. Amel is immediately on the side of her sister, which yeah. I think is what would be a natural response for anyone. Yeah. But definitely hard when it's with yeah. someone that you really truly care about. Yeah, I feel like it sounds like she was being put under some pressure. If she's suddenly like, oh, it was all maybe a dream. I mean, that's such an excuse, isn't it? Because she... It, uh, we don't know is the answer. We don't know, we don't but know. my speculation could be that like somebody could threaten her and be like, don't talk about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's one possibility. The press talked about his family background being from, you know, there are criminal charges within there and there is, there are some, I think they said there was some gang affiliations, not with his family, but like people around in the area that he's from. Which, so those sort of things. Which is totally unfair to point out. Like, no. Just because you live in a certain area. Yeah, yeah. but it is going to track with some of the other stories that are coming up. Right, so then... Right. A year later, so the next Christmas Eve, and not a full year, but the next Christmas Eve, he nearly has his arm chopped off with a machete. What? So he's coming back from a night out with a Mel, and they've parted ways, and I don't know, going back to different places, he's going to get a kebab or whatever. He feels like he's being followed from someone behind him. Honestly, the account I read of this is horror. It was like watching one of Bloody Karen's murder documentaries. I felt like I was on the red-handed podcast. He's being followed and he sort of feels this guy following him, but he's like, oh, it's not, I'm not going to overreact. He's obviously yeah. had a few drinks or whatever. Next thing he knows, he feels like a shadow coming down and then there is blood everywhere and he goes to like turn, he can't feel his arm. Oh my God. Because this machete, oh, I'm getting it filling it in yeah, my fingers. Yeah, and also he's a bloody tree surgeon. So oh that could God, be his... Yeah, career ruined. Career ruined. Wait, so... He got he got stabbed essentially. Got machete. Oh, slashed. For God's sake. Yeah. And they were and they were. It wasn't just the one, and then they ran off. He was, and so they swiped for him a few times, I think. And then maybe some people come by and they get him into a shop or something. End result: his thumb and left arm are left hanging off. Uh. According to the Daily Mail, so fan fiction. Uh, yeah. But I read his account okay. again in the Daily Mail fan fiction. Yeah. It, it's nasty. Ooh. But this is Christmas Eve, so Amel does go and spend some time with him. While he's in bloody hospital getting his, like, fingers sewn back on. Right? So she spends some time with him in hospital. But this happens on Christmas Eve. Yeah. New Year's Eve, they, the Sugar Babes, are supporting Take That on tour. Fucking hell. In a stadium. Wow. Like, all this going on, like, your boyfriend just had his arm macheted off. Also, like, are you worried about you? Like, not in a selfish way, but it would track to me to be like, oh, this guy macheted my boyfriend and for... I just left him, you know. Presumably yeah. reasons. I doubt that's an... I, I didn't read anything about it, but I doubt that is a... Random, random attack. attack. Right, yeah. Am I at risk? Is Heidi and Keisha at risk? Yeah. We, we, you don't, this isn't an unheard of story. Not playing no. around. Because sometimes as well, if... I mean, this is all conjecture, obviously, and we're all just kind of guessing. But you, if you're in a situation where somebody wants revenge or yeah. to take a hit on you, they might go for your loved ones. So that's, oh, that's must have been so scary. I mean, it happened outside of Yates's, like, Jesus. I know this is, I know this is not the point to pick up, but why was a man and her boyfriend drinking? Surely you must be earning more money than Yates's. <laughs> not according to Keisha. Not according to Keisha. <laughs> but not just that, you're taking like, from the story. She, but no, because, not, let me finish. But she's at the point, she's like really famous at this point. Yeah. It can't be comfortable or safe for her to be drinking in a Yates's. Like management, pay your goddamn artist so that they've got a bodyguard or someone oh. around them. Yeah. So that they are protected. Then it could have got attacked. I mean, I know it could just be Christmas. She's deciding, fair do, she should be doing that. But... 
where is the protection for these people? Do you know what I mean? And this is, what am I saying? Did 2000, I see? Sometimes I don't between think 2006, she's, 2008. I don't this think she's pe- that famous for, like, she's not Mariah Carey, you know what I mean? Like, Well, her boyfriend's getting macheted outside Yates's, mate. Yeah. Protection is needed. Yeah, well. I mean, Amel had spoke about him saying that he was a bit of a wild, hard man due to his travel and background, and she had calmed him down. Oh, I see. So maybe some of the, you know, stuff follows him. There would later be reports of a male's family being threatened and attacked by his associates. Oh, that's it not is good. messy, messy boots. Yeah, she does break up with him, reportedly due to management pressures. But let's give the girl some credit. Oh, people do get out of relationships that aren't right for them. Yeah. So that's his legal drama. There are messes of her own. So I have got two more assaults. There is an arrest for assault charges in 2007. She assaulted a girl in a Surrey nightclub. Are we sure this wasn't just part of the easy video filming? <laughs> Has anyone checked? <laughs> Amel's dancing in a toilet cubicle when she punched the girl trying to blow her nose because she was doing the sugar shuffle. Is it? <laughs> no, apparently a report said a brawl broke out on the dance floor and Amel is said to have been left with chunks of the other girl's hair. Nothing says 2007, like, chunks of the I, other girl's I hair. I know. Um, I was like, she's like, Cheryl, but, like, multiple times over, I mean. Right? Well, no charges are brought. Oh, see. So, you know, no criminal charges. But she does spend a night in a cell. Oh, God. I mean, she probably thought it was the set of their latest low-budget video. <laughs> oh, no. But, look, catch this. Yeah. She literally leaves the cell and gets on a flight to LA to record the album. My God, what I'm even is her life? guessing Sweet Seven. Yes. Can you imagine you've been on a night out? You um, you get into a scrap, probably because someone started on you because they know you're a male. Yeah. You go for her a little bit, probably not enough to really get arrested, but they arrest you because you're a famous figure. You spend a night in a cell. You probably don't get the best night's sleep. You're hung over to F. Yeah. You have to jump on a plane to oh go meet God. Jay-Z, Rock Nation's label. Jesus. Because they've signed to Rock Nation oh at this point oh to start gosh. recording an album. And you want to talk why Keisha was kicked out? What must Keisha have done? I know. Wow. No wonder the papers were thinking, well, Amel's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You would be thinking that. Again, in January 2008, she's arrested for alleged criminal damage to a neighbour's car. Ooh. This is very real Housewives of Pop Music right now. It's a little bit. Apparently, yeah. there were lots of tensions that boiled over into her defacing the neighbour's car. Which is quickly dropped when it's revealed she wasn't in town at the time. She was performing. Oh, right. <laughs> Can you imagine if she's literally on stage? And you're like, your Ali McBeal style lawyer walks in. She's yeah. like, I have no real argument, judge. <laughs> but what I do have is this small video of Top of the Pops. Now's not the time, Ali. Oh, I think now is the time. <laughs> she puts it in. I got such a pretty kitty, babe. I know you want to pet it. What is the relevance here? I'd like you to look to the top right-hand corner and the time on Keisha's watch. What does it say, Judge? Case dismissed. Oh, you've watched All so right. much Ali. All right. All right. All right. You've watched Pop so Objection, Your Honor. Oh, you've watched so much Ali McBeal. I really, oh God, I really want to revise our lost episodes now. Maybe we can go back. So I've watched yeah. enough to Ali McBeal that maybe we can revise this pop section, calling them. Like, I'm not saying there wasn't a good idea in there. I'm just saying that we needed to work on it more. <laughs> okay, we're nearly done with all our crimes. Later in 2010, she would get done for drink driving Ooh. and another nightclub assault. 
But this is pretty much after they finished as a band, so I'm not surprised. She was on her way to meet her personal trainer at 6am the morning after a big night out. Oh dear. I mean, props to her for going. I'm sorry, but do these PTs not come to you? I mean... Obviously. I ain't getting up to drive in the dark. You come to me. I mean, I'm giving her respect. I struggle to lift a weight at 6am after a big night out. However, unfortunately, the, the truth is, if you're still drunk, you should not be getting behind the but wheel. We, but we don't know the, the, the level. Of, not to excuse it, but was it a couple of glasses of wine in bed at 10? Well, if know? it was... Well, she was out. She was out. But So this is the point to make, and this is the takeaway for this, listeners. Alcohol has a half-life. So you sober quickly, but the alcohol does not leave your system. And we should all be more aware that just because you've had a soggy bowl of cornflakes does not mean you're ready to drive. So if you are having a big night out and you are planning driving the next day, Mm. you really need to be thinking about leaving a lot later. And I think we are probably all being guilty of that because we just don't know. Mm -hmm. And maybe there should be more messaging around drink driving actually being about the goddamn next day. Yeah, yeah. But at 6am. <laughs> Oof. So she tried to claim she couldn't be banned because of her fame, making it impossible to use public transport. But the judge was sassy and probably like, I saw you at Yates's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the sassy line they use is, one can take an awful lot of taxis for the same cost of running such a car for a year. Wow. Which... Probably right, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So she is honest. She is honest and she does admit it and she's fined £2,000 and given a 14-month ban. Oh, wow. So look out on Uber Black. <laughs> and then there is a nightclub assault by a club owned by her then-boyfriend. She told the girl to go watch where she's going, threatened to bite her nose off. Oh, and but who hasn't said a f- you know you've had a few drinks and you're thinking this is not as bad as it sounds I know I know it's awful that she's done for this and she's a role model but I can see that being oh watch where you're going or I'll I'll um, I'll, um, I'm, I'm gonna bite your nose off I don't know if we should minimise it like, well the judge one... did okay she was convicted and forced to pay £250 compensation the judge right. said it would have been more but the victim's drive was revenge and spite Oh, I see. On one hand, you could say that the fact that she has all of these incidents kind of clocking up, it maybe gives gives a, a picture of her not maybe having the best judgement. Mm. I feel a lot of it's down to the character she's hanging around with. Yes, I think once you see too. those people disappear from her life, you don't tend to see this, yeah. this repeated behaviour. Yeah. I think there is, she's, oh, there's obviously a lot of unbalance going on. I mean, she's been thrust into this situation. She's having to learn all of Mitch's parts. She's doing the sugar shuffle. But we know that she's gone into this centre for emotional exhaustion. Right. Is it another point of... I mean, Mm. it seems to go throughout the Sugar Babes legacy. Depression and exhaustion and problems post the band. Yeah. Yeah. Are are the Sugar Babes management just not... They're too busy watching movies and thinking of soundtrack options to be caring for their girls. I think like that's that. I, I think that's a strong argument because I think their schedules are crazy. It's non-stop. If you if you leave, you're just going to be replaced. Like what the hell are they playing at? It's just it's like a juggernaut, and they're like this train is going to keep moving, and you can jump off if you like. We're just going to pull someone on because you're right, and it's you know when you we always go oh it's a revolving oh revolving door policy with the sugar babes we only revolve three times, but I I've seen revolving doors go round round baby round rounds, <laughs> but 
that's always put at the girls, isn't it? Like, oh, the girls couldn't get on. Oh, there was always yeah, tensions within yeah. the girls. But no one ever goes, why can't, Why have management got such poor staff retention? Yeah. No one's going, 50% of your company have left. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't we pointing it at that? The reasons behind all of these movements of people is, is complex. And I definitely think some of it is at management's door, like the blame. Well, Amel wastes no time. Let's move on to happy Amel. Happy-ish. She goes straight into working on new material. The sugar babes always. We're working on new material. We're in the studio. Always in the studio. Yeah. Because that is really all we ever get is empty threats. There is a clip of a song released on SoundCloud called God Won't Save You Now. Mm -hmm. That is the one I played you just a minute ago in our break. It was... It was intense, like... So it's the exciting start, they're like piano, darker edge. Yeah. yeah. That goes straight into a dance floor garage banger. Yeah. It's pretty full on. She, dubstep. Yeah. Yeah, there was like dubstep. So I really liked it. I was excited for the first minute. Yeah. And then it had gone so hard, so high. Yeah. The chorus didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. That's, and so I got a bit, not bored, like, but tired. I was tired. like, oh, the chorus didn't. I was exhausted. Out. Yeah. Until the bridge where it goes back to like the piano for 10 seconds. Yeah. Repeats the start and then bang, bang, bangs. To me, I don't know if you're gonna like this. Sounds, I'm gonna get dragged. I think it sounds very much like a Cheryl Cole album track. Oh. Which is no bad thing for me. I love a Cheryl Cole album, but. Cheryl Cole has dubstep in her album tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the album before last, right? Oh, God. Mm, the, 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 call, the Call Me album? You know when the. Oh, yeah, that's the. Um, oh, my so God. I was, no, I was such a big. Cheryl Cole so album fan. Oh, A Million Lights, the Million Lights album. But it's been so long. Yeah. Yeah. She has had a lot of dubstep vibes. Right, okay. Are they comparable vocally? No? Uh, I, I would say Amel's better. Only because Amel's solo career, she seems to really gravitate towards these dance floor garage bangers or. Yeah. Like, is these... that just what has been offered? I don't mean that bad. Yeah. But do you think there is tons of offers? Maybe. She features on a song by Mr. Big's Misk's tape. We do get an official single release as a feature on British DJ Adam J's single, Love Is All We Need. Mm-hmm. It's a classic dance for filler, mate. This yeah. is the one that we just watched uh, where they, the two young people in the kitchen, they've fallen in love and she uh, is yeah. trying to sing at the rate of this trying EDM to... banger as fast as she can. Oh God, it was so jarring. It gives a nice, yeah. we keep switching up and like yeah. not in a gentle way. Not in a gentle way, it's like, <laughs> It's too... Listen to us. We're the ones shouting at the DJ at two in the Sorry, can you just... Can you pick a pace? Please pick a pace, please. But yeah, it... Um, at what... Like, the first half, you're like, oh, okay. And then suddenly, the hardcore bloody EDM beats come in. You're like, yeah. um... Oh. <laughs> I love a dance floor number, but... But not that type. It's hard to dance to as well, really. Yeah. Well, it made me think Melby's For Once In My Life was a complexly constructed track, to be honest. A hundred percent. You know, like build up, bang, 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 loud. Like you need yeah, a, yeah, it yeah. It just felt a bit generic. Yeah, but I'm sure it was enjoyed on a Saturday night at GAY one evening when she performed it. Um, <laughs> well, she says the album is complete at this time, and it's rumored for a summer release after a couple of singles, of which this was one. It does not chart, but I'm not surprised. But I guess, do you know what? Ugh, this is what it is. We're in that space post Kelly Rowland, David Guetta, When Love Takes Over. Yeah. And even Kelly Rowland's own career is derailed a bit by the success of this track that really 
is a change of pace for music as well. Yeah. Like that's why you get these Rihannas when Love Takes Over and yeah. Rihanna appearing on these David Guetta tracks and yeah. Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna. Um, so yeah. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Like we did get that change of yeah. these pop R&B divas coming on to mm-hmm. and that's because of that Kelly Rowland. So I feel like she's gone for that a bit and it does, she's got the voice for it. Anyway, it doesn't chart and it seems like they scrap the dance album and move on. She told Digital Spy the lyrics and melodies are just very quirky. There's one song where I'm putting on an accent and playing a character. It was just me losing my mind for a while. I definitely have a strange imagination. This is that Silly Cow song that we just oh, played. Oh, Jesus. Awful. It's... That is an assault on the senses. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like it. Oh, I mean, it's not finished. Come on. I think it's very Britney English. English knee, you know, when she's, no, she's no. doing like the Talisa. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. Oh God. We should probably rip off of that, isn't it? Oh <clears> no. <throat> I just like, I think it's like, it's almost like a parody of how bad it is when they use distortion on people's voices in tracks, yeah. trying to be cool, but it's just completely this. I think I'm a silica, silica. Yeah, it just distorts it beyond recognition. It's a forgettable song, that's for sure. Oh, I'm not going to forget it. Well, I think I'm horrified, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> I'm going to download it and play it at my funeral. What? Really? <laughs> We're tired. Why is you keep... Because you keep game? making me work in, watch these murder programs. Erin, do you want to watch Cold Cases Unsolved? Yeah, sure. Well... Then after it last night, you were like, do you want to put another one another <laughs> one on? And I said, Erin, let's put on The Four is Lava, something a bit light-hearted. Yeah, okay, maybe it was slightly mean. Thank you. <laughs> well, it would be another year before we get another solo single released through her own record label. Mm. Warning, warning, abort, abort. Mm-hmm. It's called Summertime. Yeah. It's released in September 2014. It's not even really summertime. Uh, <laughs> Christmas number one, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> if um, the shooks don't get it, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I, I don't even want to play a clip of it because it's oh. just bland. It's Do you know, it's much better than everything else she's done. That's true. I will, I would rather have Silly Cow. No. Christmas number one from no, now until eternity. You. It's sort of upbeat, guitar-led, country-tinged adult contemporary. Yeah. Mm. We were, so we were saying it's a bit like Corey and Bailey Ray. Wait, Karen was. Karen was. You're totally yeah. claiming that I'm one. I'm claiming it, but Karen can take credit. It is, Thank but at you. least the Corey Bailey Ray hits that we got were hits and they had choruses. That's true. Yeah, but what makes What was our big one? Girl, your record on. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Oh, I looped that. Yeah. Um, what makes it a hit? A bloody chorus that's catchy. I mean, she's fortunate. So it's a song about her sister, Layla. Ooh. Just suddenly realised. I was like, oh, sister. And then we talked about the sisters. There's a um, few, I think, though. Yeah. Which is convenient. It's cute. And it's convenient because she can just go, la, 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 yeah. Layla. I wonder if she's her favourite sister. It would just fit. I'll be honest, it's gash. It's in even- <laughs> It didn't even get a page on Wikipedia. Oh. But for the completeness, I've added it. Oh, Of course, you. it doesn't chart. Own record, own record labels never really do, which is tough. Like, yeah. I like it when people go independent because they're actually making the music they want to make. Yeah, but... yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's weird timing as well, like you say, sometime in September. But it's probably because of the reality TV opportunity that we'll get onto in a minute. But before we do, we have a big Sugar Babes issue to cover. I've been saving this for a couple of episodes. Ooh. Bankruptcy babes. Da, da, da. So 
Unfortunately, a male in 2013 receives a bankruptcy order. Maybe it was all those Ubers after the driving ban. <laughs> they oh, <laughs> But it's a classic pop story. Tax bill. It's always an unpaid tax bill. Huge. 650,000 unpaid just... tax, our accountant. Insane. Jesus. And this is full on an accountant's job. Like, this is a, an accountant failure. Yeah. So I looked into it. Yeah. But I'm a monocle and magnifying glass. Detective Aaron at work. Yeah. Not a male's fault. So she has an accountant, Ben White, who did not file returns to HMRC when the band split. That's like his job. Thank you. Yeah. I just feel, I do feel sorry for these celebrities. Like, I think you put your trust in people and yeah. ourselves as small businesses, we also do the same. Yeah. We trust that people will look after our best interests because yeah. we are paying them to do that. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, she was not looked after and there was a bit of a comeback for him, wasn't there? So yeah, when she, he receives the bankruptcy order or she receives it and she passes it on to her accountant to deal with. Which you'd be freaking out about. Yeah. Well, she's under the illusion it's all being handled. That's what he sort of says to her. Uh-huh. And it, obviously these things take a bit of time. It rumbles on for a while and she thinks it's all being sorted. So in there was a court case and she said she had text messages that, where she showed that, you know, I've been texting him and keeping in contact with him and he says it's all being sorted. He denies this. She claims no knowledge basically. But apparently the whole band's finances were in disarray when they split. Which, I mean, not really surprising. The accountant is done. He's fined 7500 with 83000 in costs. 83000 yeah. Is that to a male then, do you think? It didn't say, and I don't Could understand how these costs. things work. I mean, the unpaid tax bill is £650,000. Someone is paying that back. Jesus. It doesn't sound like it's him. And it would be a male's tax. Oh, so she would no. owe some of that money. Yeah. But obviously the cost is... She's obviously not paying him and maybe some of his fine his yeah. wages are refunded. Yeah. But she is not the only sugar babe to go bankrupt. In fact, half of them do. Jesus. So in two thousand in August twenty fifteen, Jade Ewan files for bankruptcy. Slightly different story here. Apparently she invested all her money into herself and it didn't go so well. Which is this... Property, I, mate. Property. Yeah, but she didn't have money for... This isn't, oh, Jade, I've made loads of money. No, I right. should have invested it in property, but I bought myself a body. It's, you know, Jade, and we'll get onto her in her episode, is always one of these girls trying and she's at the pe- she's at the point of making it yeah. and things are pulled out from under her. Yeah. And she's very much like me. I feel like she's constantly going, oh, well, you have to speculate to accumulate. You have yep. to put that money into advertising. You have to put yeah. that money into marketing. You have to pay yeah. these people... And that's what we told, you know, this idea of the American dream. Go for it. You're never going to make your dreams unless you try for it. Yeah. yeah. Spend money to make money. All Spend that, money yeah. to make money. And it doesn't. There are... People don't. And it's... Yeah. There's no support there. And then also you've got Mutia in 2014 files for bankruptcy. Featuring a samurai sword or... Well, yeah, as you said, which episode did you mention that in? That, that, yes, that was her father when the bailiffs came to. So that will be what it is, yeah. Yeah. And it's and again, I think this is an unpaid tax bill based on an administrative error. So right. I'm not surprised that her dad went mad with the Sam Russell because she probably thinks the it's not aimed at the the bailiffs taking it. No. It will be about yes. You know, they'll be so mad that they think it's being paid. Right. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not that angry. And I feel a lot of the sugar babes are working class families. You know, they've worked, ex- not that no one else does, but they have worked exceptionally hard to get where they are. So they I, might not have the best knowledge, but again. Or financial literacy. Like, yeah. no one's helping them out. Yeah, I mean, like, some of the stuff I don't understand, you know, yeah. and I think, you know, we, you know, have been 
brought up with some knowledge. But why should we be expected to it's do tax? Like my like why should I be expected to know tax stuff just yeah. because I'm self-employed? Yeah. Like if you work in an office, if you're dressed in the change album clothes, you're not expected to know your tax. You probably don't even no. have to check your But that's wages. why you pay someone yeah. to put that trust into them. Exactly. Which is yeah. what you're really Stand doing when off. you work in an office. You're paying the HR department. Yeah. Yep. You know, through the company to do all that for you. It's it's almost a ridiculous thing that, oh, because you've chosen to be self-employed, which often isn't a choice. Yeah. It's just because of the industry that you're in. You're expected to be able to be some mathematical genius to do these things. I mean, I'm like, where was the management in this? Well, they like, buggered no. off. This is after the band split. They would have taken right. their portion of it and just and left just them too. And off. probably yeah. a much higher percentage when we think about, you know, yeah. record labels. And, yeah. Which is just ludicrous because it's that whole thing of, you know, the AOC quote with, if you don't have that product, then there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it makes me so mad every time I read about a pop star going bankrupt. Like, every member of Blue went bankrupt. Yeah. That's think, crazy. It's not like pop stars have only just been invented and no one knows how to manage them, so, or we just didn't know what to expect. Like, these things happen over and over and over again. Accountants, level be, up, level up. Yeah, I think, I think there's maybe, I mean, obviously I have nothing to back this up apart from, I'd say, like, the evidence of the amount of pop stars that go bankrupt, do you think, to an extent, people see them as, like, an easy target potential there for they're so busy and they maybe don't have the financial literacy like if you could just you can scoop off things off the top you know oh well it's definitely happening in management so when it says the sugar babes finances were in disarray by the end of the band i wouldn't be surprised if it was things like they get charged for making that last album or yeah because they didn't get to release the album or something. I wouldn't be surprised if it's things like that. Yeah. Like, how much money can Jade really have made from... I know we've not got to that bit episode-wise, but how much money can Jade really have made from Sweet Seven, which was... They were halfway through the album campaign. Well, they hadn't released the album, but her vocals are added to it. She's got no writing credits on it. They didn't tour it. Yeah. I know they're doing these one-off gigs and they're doing promotional stuff around the country, but how much would she have got paid for that? Yeah. It's true. Who knows? It's true. Do you remember the TV show, um, what's the girl band, boy band? Uh, what's the... Re- but the big reunion. Oh, yeah. So remember in the big reunion, Damage were talking about how they went bankrupt because they were getting charged for cars. I think yeah. it was either them or 911, I can't remember. No, it was Damage. It was Damage. They were, they were going out to nightclubs and getting, you know, yeah. had a chauffeur waiting on them. They didn't realise they were paying for all that themselves. They thought they were just having it put on. Like, they the thought management. it was like expenses or what, you know, but how no one ever said to them or how much how much more careful would you have been? They were totally young living boys, the life. Young guys, successful, living the life but not knowing that actually it's all going to come crashing down at one point it's horrible you really think the sugar babies would have known more because they're because they're so far in like that's what makes it what how much does a pop star have to do seven albums makes me mad and mel was around for enough i mean she did those two bloody tours yeah it's all in the tax bill yeah all in that tax bill yeah unless going bankrupt is just a good way of saving yourself but well and, you mean, lose you lose all your property like you lose your, i did detective yes. aaron did read up on bankruptcy yeah and you, if you've got they will take property they'll take anything of value yes. to pay off that tax bill yes so that would be your house but be i your think car. There, there is loop well she's lost loops. her car already yeah. yeah i think there's big loopholes though yeah move into other people's names though. yeah should we talk about something happier yes please in 2014 she marries her partner marcio susa rosa Ooh. <laughs> Camille, I want to say that again. 
Marcio Sousa Rosa. Nice name. Ooh, I don't know. I, well, I got a t- I got Italian vibes. I'm not yeah. sure. Just the Rosa. Yeah. Then that might just be me. No, definitely. A record company boss. Oh, I wonder what she saw in him. Mm. Not really very Sugar Babesy music, actually. He, she is a type. He get into he did get into trouble with a knife charity as the record label supported a lot of heavy gang rap on their music channels. Okay. Among well. its stable is the MPK, Northumberland Park Killers, a gang who terrorised the area where 17-year-old Tanisha Melbourne was mistakenly killed in a drive-by shooting. Mm. Oh. In April 2014. It's just... <sighs> I think that fits so much into the discussion we just had about record companies caring about their acts and caring yeah. about what they're doing and putting out into the world. Yes. Definitely a lot of dating and perhaps mm. unsolicited, unsolicited attention. I know, I just record. said. Happier times and <laughs> went straight. I didn't, didn't read ahead in my notes. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you want a fun one? Yes, please. 2014 Reality Babe. Yep, yep. She does a reality TV show. A one very much after my own heart. She competes in Tumble. A BBC One series reality show where celebrities compete in a series of gymnastic circus style activities. I don't even remember this. Yeah, because it's BBC One. We were at the fringe. It tends to be... Oh, that'll be why. We were at the fringe, huh? We were busy as hell. I know, (laughs) just because I remember being in... Fringe Central, yes. and you being hung over to hell, and me being all right at that point. Right. And because so because there was circus stuff, and I, as some of you may know, am a circus artist. I perform as uh, silks and trapeze are my thing, and I'd not long been doing it at this point. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So. I was very keen to watch and you were hung over because I'd taken you out one night and you were doing like three shows or something that day and you'd met for an hour because you had to run a tech sheet or something on your laptop. That's right. And you were like, please bring me anything. I don't know what you wanted, an iron brew or something. But yeah. like you were you were not in a good I way. Was, I was dying. Yeah. You were struggling that Hang day. Because I can still picture it. And do you know what I think is hilarious? I think I was listening to Sweet Seven, the Sugar Babes album on the walk up. Because I was still in last night. Yeah. So this is basically Strictly Come Dancing in a Big Top. Yeah. So amongst the other celebs, ones you may know and care for, <laughs> Sarah Harding. Okay. H from Steps. Wow. Loose Woman Andrea McLean. Mm-hmm. On July 25th, it was announced that fitness instructor and motivational speaker, Mr. Motivator. Wow, the man, the myth, the legend. The man, the myth, the legend. I had to withdraw from the programme after dislocating his knee. Uh, he was at a ski resort I was at a couple of years ago in no. Germany. Yeah, yeah, he's, quite, he's still like fit. There is a guy in Birmingham when I lived there that went to my gym that looked a bit like he could be Mr. because you know when you can't tell what Mr. Mike yeah, would look like now yeah. it's been so long without but the he, neon but yeah. no he wore really similar leotards I can tell you so I, was, I know it's not him but I was because it's the leotards and I didn't know where Mr. Mike was from and I was like he could be from Birmingham yeah oh so I always used to look at by that so so I did watch some of the routines back do you want to see them? I'll see a bit do you want to google them? <laughs> What are your thoughts as I was, muggles? As uh, not circus people, um, I was fairly impressed. Well, it is one minute twenty, which is not very long. No. <laughs> it's, it's a very short routine. Yeah, and there is a relatively is quite packed. Yes, she does have a split at the beginning, which so they wouldn't have taught her how to split. She no, is she that already flexible, knew how to do that. Yeah. which is super helpful. Yeah. Okay. 
there are two drops in it. Like she drops to her belly from the top of the hoop. That's relatively brave because of the height. I would say she's, I'd say she's maybe more brave than skilled. She does the drop, the hand drop from the top of the hoop. Yeah. That's super brave. Yeah. That I think was impressive for an yeah. early hoop. So there are some impressive bits. It's very nice, but it's quite simple. The focus has definitely been on those drops. Yeah. She then does a trapeze solo later on, which is a two minute routine. And she spends a whole minute on the floor. Oh. But she does open with a monkey roll, which is where she holds the two ropes mm-hmm. and then she rolls backwards. So she'll be standing and she rolls back to, I can't remember if she does it up or down. Okay, so, it's very detailed. It is, but I just want to give the children. <laughs> it's your passion. This is my only time when I'm an expert. I love something how Aaron is now. mimicking the actions to us on a podcast. Oh, you yeah, guys that was dumb. See. <laughs> um, she opens with a monkey roll, which is brave. My note says she doesn't land it. So he has to catch her. Give her out of ten. great. <laughs> then when he go, they go back, he is basing. She moves. She doesn't move well. But it's... <laughs> It's doubles 101. That's why I call it doubles 101. And then she ends. She ends with an ankle foot, uh, an ankle foot hang, which is impressive, ish. But it's really him doing the work. He's holding her. Right. Um, okay. And they don't transition in the air. They do them on the ground. <laughs> H from Stepso. I watched his and top marks. Really? He does a penny drop, which so basically you're ha- he's hanging by his knees. Oh wow. I think it was from the trees, and he jumps back and lands on his feet, which is I watched my friend break their neck doing that oh that's quite a dark comment yep <laughs> no he's alive he's Good. not paralyzed he managed to break one of the spines just below the one that would have made him lose his legs okay well that's just great yeah. yeah i know he still teaches now i won't um. name him because he won't like that <laughs> but i was pleased for him she comes in fifth well not to be fifth sugar babe fifth on tumble there you go then she is less successful on celebrity master chef in 2016 so she's the second sugar babe to have been on this. Yes, Heidi is before her. Yeah. They love a sugar babe on the chef. They love a sugar babe chef. Sugar babe chef. Because they can make all the sugar jokes. Uh, yeah, of course. Well, she is accused of sabotage. <gasps> Popjection. Oh. Saboteur. Wow. All rise for quarters in session. She is accused of ruining another competitor's food by... Dropping a courgette into their boiling potatoes. Right. Um, well, uh, she says she didn't know which pot it was, but everyone knows a courgette in boiling potatoes is death to a dish. <laughs> I can't remember what paper I read that in, but I thought it was funny. Let's be honest, it's probably the Daily Mail, right? Fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. I think it wasn't. I think it was like the Stafford Star or something. That's what it is. Well, she does make it through... To- just before the semi-finals? Okay. Is that the quarter-finals? Yes, the quarter-finals. Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch these things. But still not to be sniffed at. Then we get Acting Babes. Is she the first sugar babe we've talked about that does... Oh, no, we get musical, but this is acting in a movie. She's oh. on the big screen. Jade also does later on. Oh, yeah, but we haven't covered her yet. She... Oh, look at Karen. I know. Oh, actually, I know. Someone shared to you? Those three hours research she did on Monday have really <laughs> paid off. Amel appears in a movie called Plastic. Mm-hmm. Not oh, based that, on that their Barbie blockbuster? dolls. <laughs> well, it's a British crime comedy starring Alfie Allen and Hannah from Hollyoaks. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was the sequel to House of Wax. Oh, I mean... <laughs> I'm just surprised management didn't slap a song on the soundtrack. Oh, Aww, God. Best opportunity. Do you want to hear the plot? 
Please. A group of British university students were running a successful credit card scam. They make a powerful enemy by stealing the wrong man's briefcase and are forced to enlist the help of Frankie, who works for a credit card company. The group of five then go to try and rack up two million pounds to pay off their debt, but fall short during a night of strippers and champagne. (sighs) To make up for the money they still need, they plan a diamond heist. Wow. That's quite a full on. (laughs) Really? It's kind of hilarious. What do you guys do? We're entrepreneurs. We can't keep living like this. We need an inside man. My data processor for a credit card company. Frankie's finding us overseas customers. So where are we going? Five cards, all linked to big spenders who hit Miami at least three times a year. And we're aiming to take him for every penny. in two weeks, all of it. Doesn't seem very reasonable. Out there, in the darkness, that's unreasonable. There's only one way to do it. We hunt the big fish. We're gonna take them for $20 million without even using a gun. Because that's not for life. based on a true story. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Amel has a small role as Fiona with two N's. I imagine that is plot critical. Out there, (laughs) out there. Her role is most noted for featuring a saucy lesbian kiss with glamour model Chloe Goodman. Oh my God. Why? Because 2014 is problematic. Yes, I was going to say, that's a bit... It wasn't even that long ago, but I'm just like, mm, that smacks of a, a male uh, a male scriptwriter being like, oh, this will be hot. A hundred percent. It's yeah. lesbian titillation. Oh, yeah. God. Well, she says, we were both quite nervous as there was a room full of people watching. We were constantly asking for balm so we could make sure our lips were nice and soft for each other. Oh, God. Well, very titillating, isn't it? Oh, God. Yeah. God. Panties. Following this, we get another sugar baby. Amel gives birth to Amira Hope in 2017. Mm-hmm. Lovely name. I like that as well. So she's good with names. Her and her family are good with names. She marries good names. She's got good names. Yeah. She hasn't got a middle name. That's why she really knew to make up for it. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, she does divorce from her husband 18 months later. There's no mudslinging, no big reasons. They just say it came to a natural end. And sadly, her mother passed away. Uh, mm. Just a week after the divorce was finalised. Oh, that's oh, right. That's hard. Yeah. So she's not had it easy. She had had some rough breaks. Yeah. But I do like that they just divorce relatively quietly. I know it's in the papers, but like, 
Yeah. You know, they, they're not slamming each other and they're saying the most important thing is raising a mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it when couples do that. Yeah. I think it's really positive. And I think it's nice for her now that Amel doesn't have her mum or her dad now, of course. So it's Aww. nice that she has a child to, you know. Yeah, yeah, focus on. Well, this divorce does give her the freedom in 2019 to become a musical babe. She joins the cast of new jukebox musical Club Tropicana. Yeah. Do you want to hear the blurb? The blurb? The blurb? Oh, God. The blurb. I'm nervous. Welcome to the Club Tropicana Hotel, the 1980s answer to Love Island, where the drinks are free and the whole family is invited to join the ultimate holiday musical, celebrating all that we love about the 80s. Okay. Maybe not the whole family. (laughs) So it's set to the most iconic pomp anthems of the era, performed live on stage, including I just can't get enough, take on me. The look of love I do not know. Girls just wanna have fun, relax, and many more. (laughs) I have a trailer, do you want the trailer? Yeah, go on then. Oh, let me get it out. I believe that would probably be my worst type of musical. <laughs> and I love a musical. I love going to see musicals. Mm. But I just to me, that's just not... I was just... cringing the entire way through. Why are you? I mean, it's not great. It's but, a money like... spinner. I mean, yeah. you know what? Like, I can see that if you're a, a middle-aged, middle-England mum, this is a great night out. Oh, you'd be having the time of your life. Yeah, is you'd that be that the time of your life would be in there. Yeah. And if it was a 90s one, we would feel exactly the same. To be oh, fair. yeah, Listen, maybe. Depends who's in it. Oh yeah, Viva Forever. Um, (laughs) Well, she stars alongside Joe McEldry and plays the club manager Serena, which feels like being a bit blue. Oh, you can be the manager. Look, stop giving me the side eye. No, it's the blue. You keep saying bloody blue. Yeah, but that's making it happen for Keisha, isn't it? Because she said it. Okay. Back in the day. (laughs) Back back in the day. Well, the reviews were hard to find. I had to dig. This is one review I found. There is no great drama, deep and meaningful dialogue, or high spectacle that would make it live long in the memory. But what it does have is sing-along 80s music and exuberant and skilled performances. Which, okay. I mean, you'd be happy if you were in that. Yeah. So did it tour, or was it just in one? Story? Yes, it was touring through places such as Sunderland and Whitley Bay or whatever those words I said from It would have been in the A theatres, like the number one theatres. So they're of a decent size to fit a musical. And they'll make some money. Oh yeah, and they'll have a nice time. Yeah. Well, with a title like Club Tropicana, what would you expect the big song to be? I mean, Club Tropicana, but no. Club Tropicana by Wham? You would think that, wouldn't you? You would think that. Oh, no, 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 no. Our friend George Michael and his estates, well, he's dead by this point, refused its usage. Oh, why are they still calling it Are they it allowed that? to use that name? Yeah, because it's just you can call the name, you just can't use the song. You'd think, you'd think 
that would be the first thing you'd check yeah. when writing the Club Tropicana musical. This is so funny. We wouldn't start the Sugar Bay podcast without checking in with Mucha first. We did actually, but shush. Uh, <laughs> there are 30 80s songs in there, but not the single Wham one. <laughs> I mean, I feel like people who are buying those tickets will have expected Club Tropicana to be... In the I read through some of the user reviews yeah. and that is 100% what they said. Halfway through, we were surprised there was no Club Tropicana. By the end, we stayed throughout the entire like takedown thinking it was going to be an end roll. So, oh, the, could they not have used it in a different form? I mean, you, you can, with right? different. Yeah, they did. They used it with different music and different lyrics. Right. <laughs> so, completely different. Yeah, completely yeah, different yeah. song. Yeah, no, you can use it. Huh? That's so bizarre. So weird. I thought it was a funny way to end. That is the end of our episode. This is where we go, go. I can say that, but nothing else. Yeah. So, if we were going to give her a sugar girl, a sugar babe name, what would she be? Ooh. Roller coaster? Ooh, roller babe. coaster babe. As in, like, her life is a bit of a roller coaster, lots of ups and downs. Mm. And she does it with Ryan and Katie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bewitched, come on. Oh, right. That's much more on brand, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Karen, any suggestions? I don't actually like roller coaster. I was thinking shite song, babe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Well, I was on a similar line. I was thinking, do, 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 babe. <laughs> I like orange. I think it, it's it's a nice way to represent what has happened. You know, there has been tragedy in our life. There has been, you know, maybe choices that... Many of us, you know, being young, yeah. would have probably equally have chosen. And, yeah. you know, I think her being a mother, she's taking that time to reflect and, and move on and, and become, you know, even a better version of herself. Trying to, you know, change it up and try different things. I yeah. Mean, Who are we, really? Yeah. Well, if you have got a better babe name for Amel, let us know at our socials. You can hit us off. Hit us off? <laughs> so tired. You. you can hit us up. At Pod of the Pops on all platforms, and we will get back to you. We will be back with our next episode, which will be looking at the dramatic exit of Keisha as we get sexy with the Sugar Babes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.